Well, good morning. It's so good to see all of you on this New Year's Eve as we gather for worship this day. If I haven't had a chance to meet you, my name is Pete Moon, lead pastor here, and our associate pastor bio is going to be preaching for us today. And we are so glad that all of you are with us, and also we welcome those who are watching with us or worshiping with us online. We're glad to have you here not only today and in this following week. Um, As we enter into this last service of the year and prepare for the many things that are coming up next week, let me offer a few announcements, all of which are highlighted in our bulletin. We encourage you to pay, pay some attention to all of that. Next Sunday, January 7th at 9.30, we won't be having our Sunday school hour, but instead we're all going to gather in the fellowship hall for a presentation of what we have called the State of the Church. And I will be there with Tom Cantone, our lay leader and church council director, and we will offer a, a presentation about how we're doing as a church and what the plans are for the coming year and offer you an opportunity to ask some questions. So we hope you'll join us. That'll be at 9.30 next week in our fellowship hall. Also take note that next Sunday, January 7th, we're going to be starting a new sermon series entitled Hard Questions, recognizing that many people are asking us hard questions, asking God hard questions, and you can see a list of those in the bulletin. We hope that you'll come and join us for those six weeks uh, as we enter into an intriguing sermon series. Also take note that we're going to be beginning several new small group studies. Uh, Some will be on Sunday morning, some will be on Sunday evening, or Sunday afternoons, which will include a Gospel of Mark Bible study. I'll be leading that. We'll have a a beautiful God study that uh, will be led by Stacey Alexander and Dr. Art Thomas. And we have several others that will be there. Uh, We hope that you'll consider being a part of all of those starting next week. I also want to offer a couple of personal words. Uh, First of all, uh, I have received a substantial number of messages and texts about an email that I supposedly sent out to all of you, and I want to thank you all for your generous responses and your texts. I I promise you I did not send any email, nor will I ever ask you for gift cards. so, um, but I, I just want to say a word about that. Um, somebody solicited, put an email address with my name on it and sent it to our whole church, and uh, that was not from me. But what I learned is our church is very responsive and generous and ready to respond in any way. But uh, we thank you. But just a reminder, I will not send you an email asking for gift cards. Also, please note that following the service today, if I don't greet you or give you a handshake, I'm recovering from a respiratory virus I received on Christmas Eve. Uh, I'm doing fine. I've recovered, but I'm just out of an abundance of caution. I'll be wearing a mask. Our associate pastor, Stephen Coleman, couldn't be here because he got that gift on Christmas Eve also, and he is still recovering, but uh, he is with us online today, and we say hi to him at, at home. Once again, we welcome you. We are glad that you are here. The Lord be with you. Let us stand for our call to worship. When Jesus is born to Mary and Joseph, when Jesus is presented at the temple, when Simeon holds Jesus in his arms, when Anna recognizes Jesus in the temple, on this very day, In the future that we cannot see. Please stay standing and join us in singing the select verses of the hymns listed in the bulletin. There will be a short interlude between each carol.
And as you're being seated, we invite our children to come forward, and we invite Karen Rios, our Director of Children's Ministries, to come on up and uh, join us up here on the steps. Good morning. My name is Karen Rios, the Director of Children's Ministries at Reveille. And if you are joining us online today, please, and if there are any children present, please move forward because this time is for you. Well, Merry Christmas, everybody. Did we all get exactly what we wanted? Yes. Okay, well, I heard a sort of, kind of, sort of, yeah. Well, I know that this Christmas time was a super special time for all of us because we got to celebrate the birth of Jesus Christ. And today, Pastor Bayo is going to talk about two very special people who were waiting in anticipation, and they've been waiting for a long time to see Jesus. And you know, it's so funny because I have something here. It's a pouch. What do you think might be in this pouch? If I were to shake it, what do you think it is? It sounds like money, doesn't it? Well, we're going to take a look in a few minutes and see exactly what it is. You know, um, one of the things that the two people, Anna and Simeon, when they found out that Jesus had been born, now mind you, they had been waiting for a very long time. For many of them, what do you think a long time would be? What do you think is a long time? Give me a, give me, what is the number? 3,000 years. 3,000 years. Okay, guess what? They, they had, you know, and, and it's really funny. Yes, everybody had been waiting because of prophecy, but they had been waiting their entire lives. I can't beat 3,000 years, guys. I really can't. But what was so special is that not only were they waiting, but once they saw Jesus, they went out and they told people about him. And we sing a song called Go Tell It on the Mountain, Over the Hills and Everywhere, that Jesus Christ is born. And that is exactly what they did. Now, that was something super special. So this year is going to be a new year tomorrow. So I'm going to be the very first person to say Happy New Year to you. But I'm also going to say, how are you going to spend this year? So I brought something special for all of you. And it is a little coin with a cross in it. And with this coin, you can go and give it to somebody in the new year And it will be a wonderful way to share your faith with somebody. Now, mind you, I am very aware that some of us may choose to keep the coins because they're so cool. But if you would like to give it away, that would be fantastic. I'm going to give it to you before we pray. And then that is going to be a wonderful gift for you to share with somebody. Here, Henry. I should give one to you pastors as well. Okay. But I was like, yeah, I'll take that. All righty. Why don't we pray? Heavenly Father, thank you for the gift of Jesus. Thank you for sweet saints like Anna and Simeon who waited patiently And then went out out to share the good news. news. Help us to be so faithful. faithful. In Jesus' name we pray. pray. Amen. You can go back to your seats. Please join me in praying the prayer for illumination. God of power and light, help us to prepare our hearts, minds, and bodies to bear witness to the greatness that you have in store for your people through the life of a small baby. In the name of Jesus Christ, we pray. Amen.
Today's first scripture reading is from the book of Isaiah, chapter 61, verse 10, through chapter 62, verse 3. This may be found on page 604 of your pew Bible. The prophet proclaims a joyous time of renewal for God's people after years of suffering and exile. I will greatly rejoice in the Lord. My whole being shall exult in my God. For he has clothed me with the garments of salvation. He has covered me with the robe of righteousness. As a bridegroom decks himself with a garland, and as a bride adorns herself with her jewels. For as the earth brings forth its shoots, and as a garden causes what is sown in it to spring up, so the Lord God will cause righteousness and praise to spring up before all the nations. For Zion's sake, I will not keep silent, and for Jerusalem's sake, I will not rest until her vindication shines out like the dawn and her salvation like a burning torch. The nations shall see your vindication and all the kings your glory, and you shall be called by a new name that the mouth of the Lord will give. You shall be a crown of beauty in the hand of the Lord and a royal diadem in the hand of your God. The word of God for the people of God. Thanks be to God. I guess that's me. So today I'm going to use the, I'll use the lectern mic today for this reading. So our second reading comes from the Gospel of Luke, chapter 2, verses 25 through 38. Hear now for the word of the Lord. Now there was a man in Jerusalem whose name was Simeon. This man was righteous and devout, looking forward to the consolation of Israel. And the Holy Spirit rested on him. It had been revealed to him by the Holy Spirit that he would not see death before he had seen the Lord's Messiah. Guided by the Spirit, Simeon came into the temple, and when the parents brought in the child Jesus to do for him what was customary under the law, Simeon took him in his arms and praised God, saying, Master, now you are dismissing your servants in peace, according to your word. For my eyes have seen your salvation, which you have prepared in the presence of all peoples a light for revelation to the Gentiles and for glory to your people, Israel. And the child's father and mother were amazed at what was being said about him. Then Simeon blessed them and said to his mother Mary, This child is destined for the falling and the rising of many in Israel, and to be a sign that will be opposed, so that the inner thoughts of many will be revealed, and a sword will pierce your own soul too. There was also a prophet, Anna, the daughter of Phanuel of the tribe of Asher. She was of a great age, having lived with her husband seven years after her marriage, then as a widow to the age of 84. She never left the temple, but worshipped there with fasting and prayer night and day. At that moment she came and began to praise God and to speak about the child to all who were looking for the redemption of Jerusalem. This is the word for this is the word of the Lord for the people of the Lord. Thanks be to God. Can you all join me in the spirit of prayer? Lord God, we thank you for this beautiful and this wonderful day. We thank you for this wonderful year as well as we've continued to grow as disciples, Lord, and we just pray We pray for this time now that as your word is proclaimed, that you will flow in this space, that you will illuminate everyone here, that you will open our eyes, bodies, minds, and spirit to hear what it is that you'd like to share for us on this day. And Lord, as the one who's proclaiming, I ask for you to let the words of my mouth, to let the meditation of my heart be acceptable in your sight, Lord. You are my strength, you are my rock, and you are our redeemer. We lift up this prayer to you in the name of your son, Jesus Christ, our Lord. And all of God's people said, Amen. Okay. Okay. All right. 
What a great way to start the year, well, end the year, huh? <laughs> okay, I'll hang, out with, I'll hang out with you all here today. <sighs> so friends, I'm going to start off my sermon with a story about a small baby. However, this story isn't about the small baby that we all know and love in Jesus Christ. Instead, I'm going to be sharing about my first few weeks as a baby myself. And I will say that these were not under the greatest of circumstances. So I might have shared this story with some of you in some of our small groups in our compass classes or other uh, Sunday school classes that we uh, have here at Reveille. But uh, I was born a premature baby on April 15th, 1999, here in Richmond, Virginia. And I only weighed three pounds, eight ounces. My dad jokes on me and says I was the size of his hand when I came out the womb. Uh, shortly after my birth, I was immediately taken by the nurses and placed in an incubator where I spent the first two weeks of my life living in. During this time, the doctors were painting a very bleak picture about my odds of survival. My parents were told that I had a very high chance of living with special needs such as dwarfism, and additionally, my odds for death were greater than surviving. However, even while fearful and nervous as any other parent probably would be, my parents remained steadfast and they remained faithful, and they were hopeful that God would perform a miracle. They fasted and they prayed and they waited. Most importantly, they trusted and they held on to their faith even though my circumstances looked dire. And by God's grace, even before I was consciously aware of how great our God is, I was miraculously healed. And now I stand here with you all today. In my own small beginnings, this was the first time that I was introduced to the greatness of God that lied within me. Now I'd like for us to pivot into the world of Jesus when he was a small baby. Similar to me, Jesus also was not born in the greatest of circumstances either. Jesus was born in a lowly manger to two very young parents who were presented with this great and divine mission of bringing the Messiah to the world. Mary and Joseph had traveled from Nazareth to Jerusalem to Bethlehem and now back to Jerusalem again in obedience to the religious laws of the time. This long trip to Jerusalem after Jesus' birth was for two reasons. The first, the Torah, which was the law of the time, stated that after a male baby is born, they must be circumcised in order to enter into the covenant that God made with Abraham. And also at this ritual, they must name the baby, which Mary and, jo and, Mary and Joseph, after being instructed by Gabriel, the angel Gabriel, they named this baby Jesus. The second reason for this visit was for Mary's own purification, as in the eyes of the law, the Torah, a woman who had just given birth was deemed unclean. And so in order to be cleansed, Mary needed to be purified through the offering of a sacrifice at the temple. And so while one could possibly argue that from an outside standpoint, this family was greater than everyone else in the world because they were the ones who received this great blessing of raising the Savior for the world, Let's, let's, let's shed some humanity on these parents for a moment, on these young, first-time parents. Prior to this moment in the temple, there were shepherds and kings and there were wise men and others. They followed a star to a small manger in Bethlehem to celebrate and worship this small baby as the king, as the savior, as the Messiah of the world. However, even while witnessing these great things, Mary and Joseph were still very poor and low in their own social status. These new parents were gifted with a small baby that was destined to become the greatest king of kings without the royal lifestyle that comes with living in royalty. At this point in time, Mary and Joseph were only operating from a great promise that was told to them. But with this small baby in hand, it could be hard to see how God would accomplish such a great thing through the life of a small child. However, Mary and Joseph continued to have faith, and they walked on their faith. Even if they may have had questions or doubts, they still acknowledged God's instructions by going to the temple and followed what was required of them from the law. Again, this could be a time that could cause disillusion, confusion, frustration, and doubt. 
But even in their humble and small beginnings, Mary and Joseph still walked on their faith and trusted in God's promise of greatness. And this is when we are first introduced to Simeon, one of two very significant characters in this passage. So Simeon is an old man who was righteous and devout. As the scripture names, the Holy Spirit rested upon him. And the Holy Spirit dwelling within him had revealed that he would not die before the Messiah came to bring consolation to Israel. One day, the Spirit led Simeon into the temple, where he encountered Joseph and Mary doing their purification rituals in the temple with their small infant son, Jesus. Upon seeing them, Simeon proceeds to take Jesus into his arms, recognizing and acknowledging that he is the Messiah that he had been waiting for long, for a long time, and that the Spirit promised that he would see before his death. And in his own words, Simeon says, Master, now you are dismissing your servants in peace. According to your word, for my eyes have seen your salvation, which you have prepared in the presence of all peoples, a light for revelation to the Gentiles and for glory to your people, Israel. In these words, Simeon joyfully accepts that he can now leave the world in peace, knowing that the Messiah was here and acknowledges that God fulfilled the promise that was made to him long ago. Additionally, Simeon acknowledges that the great destiny of this small baby will not only encompass God's chosen people in Israel, but will also reach the non-believing Gentiles as well, which will be a light of revelation of glory for all people. So after singing God's praises, Simeon also shares a message of prophecy in which he names that Jesus will be recognized as a polarizing figure and will cause the falling and rising of many in Israel through the revealing of hearts, and Mary, as any parent probably would, will be greatly troubled by the mixed reception of her son. Jesus will be able to bring out all of the internal disputes that are hidden in people's hearts, which will reveal their recognition or their rejection of God and God's teachings. Mary herself will witness some of this rejection, some of the suffering and the pain that Jesus goes through and the divisiveness amongst people that he will bring with the pinnacle being her witnessing Jesus being crucified and dying on the cross, her own son. However, this mighty sacrifice is all in the name of the great consolation that God will bring to all people. So what's most striking for us here is Simeon's immediate acknowledgement of Jesus as Lord. Even as a small baby, Simeon by the Spirit is able to recognize the great things that God will do for the world through Jesus Christ. There is something incredibly striking here about a dying older man holding up a vibrant young baby in awe of God's greatness. Simeon, my friends, is all about acknowledgement. So hold on to that word. And in speaking of acknowledgement, I remember the moment when I acknowledged Jesus as Lord and Savior of my own life. I might have shared this story again, but I'll, I'll go again. I came to VCU in 2017 as a naive 18-year-old who thought he knew everything and that nobody could tell him nothing. I'm sure I'm hitting somebody in here today. Shortly after I started my first semester of pre-med at VCU, I struggled with my grades, and I was close to flunking out of VCU. Bio did not like bio. I think I named that before. <laughs> I remember being so angry with God and questioning why God would lead me to VCU to fail. But however, no matter what I did on a Saturday night before, whether that was partying with my friends, sorry, Mom, I'm being honest with you, I always woke up an hour before church on Sunday mornings. And while I did not always take up that invitation, God led me to church one morning where it felt like the pastor was talking to me. The pastor spoke of having a new life, of finding purpose, and that if I wanted these things, all I had to do was acknowledge Jesus as my Lord and as my Savior. And so I remember walking up to the altar, not even thinking about it. My feet moved before I could even think about it. 
And I prayed like I had never prayed before. I prayed to God for a new life. I prayed for a new purpose. And by that same grace, I was given these things. And these events led to me discerning a call to ministry. And what I wanted to share here and what I wanted to know here is that even in light of my own foolishness, the same greatness that I'd already experienced as a baby long ago was still present in me. And now it was at work in me. Just like Simeon, I acknowledged Jesus as Lord, and now it was time to put my newfound faith into action. And now let's talk about Anna, who's all about action. And she's the other significant character in this passage. Anna is an older woman who is a prophet and is also a widow. Anna, in her own right, was very devout in her faith, and she never left the temple. She worshiped day and night. She spent many days in prayer and fasting as she too was also waiting patiently in the temple for the fulfillment of God's promise to Israel. And in this scripture, we see that Anna was present in the temple when Simeon was led to marry Joseph and Jesus by the Spirit. Similar to Simeon, Anna in this moment is able to recognize and find hope in God's promise of salvation for Israel and beyond. However, what separates Simeon from Anna in this passage is that Anna does not merely acknowledge Jesus and Lord as Lord and leave it as that. Instead, she takes things one step further and she begins to share what she witnessed in the temple with Simeon and Jesus to all who would listen to her. In simpler words, she took her acknowledgement of this great baby and of this great promise and put her faith into action by sharing the good news with others. She too was filled with hope and gratitude about the mighty things that God plans to do with this small child. Anna, as I said, is all about action. We've got Simeon with acknowledgement, and now we have Anna with action. Going back to my life, once I discerned my call from God to ministry, I tried to figure out where I could best put my gifts into practice. Literally a year before receiving my call, I couldn't care less about church and scripture. If someone talked to me about church, I was very hesitant and reluctant. And I was kind of like, I don't know if I'm really feeling that. But if someone talked to me about the cha-cha slide, I'm thinking slide to the left, slide to the right. I'm there. Organ music put me to sleep. I did not attend Sunday school, and I barely cared for any of the youth group teachings. I could not stand dressing up in a suit and a tie. I really hated praying in front of people. Never tell God what you can't do or what you don't want to do, because God surely does have a sense of humor. See, I say this all to say that I felt that there were many things that disqualified me from ministry than qualified me. However, the same great one that was a small little baby when Simeon acknowledged and Anna took action in sharing about is the same one who grew up and died on the cross for us so that we could all be redeemed and reconciled in God's great love. All of us, me, you, everyone here, and everyone all over the world, this same great one, this same small little baby with this mighty great purpose died for you and for me so that we could all be here and present on this day. So I know you're all probably wondering, Bio, what does this mean for me? Why are you telling me all this stuff? And I'm glad you asked. Two simple words, acknowledgement and action. Simeon's acknowledgement and Anna's action signify that we need a both and approach as opposed to an either-or. So it can't be acknowledgement or action. It has to be acknowledgement and action. Additionally, Simeon and Anna also highlight the importance of walking in faith and patiently waiting for God's hope. Earlier this week, I shared in our Revly newsletter about how sentimental I've been lately as 2023 is coming to a close and how I was reminded of my experience as a student at Swansboro Elementary School. 
At the time, my principal always encouraged us to live into the greatness that we already had within us and to continue striving for greatness in everything that we did. And these same words of wisdom that I heard long ago that were planted in me when I was a small child are the same words of wisdom that I want to impart here to you all today. Acknowledge the God-given greatness that already exists within each and every one of you through God's grace and live into this acknowledgement by finding ways to put this greatness into transformative active, um, actions and Christian practice. We can acknowledge God all that we want to, but it means nothing if it doesn't compel us to put our faith into action. Actions that are rooted in God's love and loving our neighbors and loving our neighbors as ourselves. We can do all of the actions that we want to, but if we don't know who we're doing these things for or why, all we're going to end up doing is a bunch of busy work. We have to acknowledge God's greatness at work in our lives and put God's greatness into action for the lives of all of our people in the world. I want to share an excerpt from Isaiah 61 verse 11 that Jenny read for us here this morning. And it read, For as the earth brings forth its shoots, and as a garden causes what is sown in it to spring up, so the Lord will cause righteousness and praise to spring up before all of the nations. I'll say that to you all again. As a garden causes what is sown in it to spring up, the Lord will cause righteousness and praise to spring up before all of the nations. What is sown into all of us is God's greatest gift to humanity, which is the spirit that was given to us through the death and resurrection of God's great son, Jesus Christ. What will spring up from our gardens is what we sow out of what God has sown into us. Greatness. And so, as I'm, I want to wrap up this sermon and I want to say, as we're entering into the new year, I want you to listen to these words of inspiration. If there wasn't a father who loved the world so much to give his only son for us, we would not be here. If Mary and Joseph were not courageous and brave enough to walk on faith and trust in God, there would not have been a savior to reconcile and redeem our relationship with God. If Jesus did not die for us, there wouldn't have been a spirit that descended upon the disciples at Pentecost and now lives within each and every one of us gathered here on this day. This story shows us that even though Jesus appears at this temple as a small infant, this is only a glimpse of the great things that he will do. As Jesus will come again to this temple in Jerusalem as an adult, and all will bear witness to the fulfillment of this great promise that God made through him. This also serves as a reminder for me, for you, for everyone here, that Jesus will come again. It is not enough for us, friends, to solely acknowledge the fact that we're entering into a new year. I mean, we all tell each other, Happy New Year. But what did that actually mean for us? What did that mean for you? What did that mean for me? This year, I really want to challenge us to go beyond just saying Happy New Year to one another and actually make it a Happy New Year. And so I want to invite you all to reflect on these three questions. The first question, what is it that you've been afraid to acknowledge in your life? What is it that you've been afraid to put into action? And the third question, what is one step of faith that you can take in your lives this year to move to the next level of relationship with God? Those three questions. What are you afraid to put into action? What are you afraid to acknowledge? What is one step that you can take to, to, to move your lives into the next level of relationship with God? Regardless of whatever this looks like, my friends, be encouraged and know that the Great One is in us, with us, and is working actively through us each and every single day. No matter how large or how small that we feel that our faith is, God's greatness already lives within us. All we have to do is be brave enough to begin the journey. Amen.
Let us pray. O Lord God, our Heavenly Father, we give you thanks for this day. We give you thanks for Anna and Simeon and the legacy, the witness that they offer to us this day. That we should indeed acknowledge and we should be people of action. That we are not an either or, but a both and. And we give you thanks for their testimony and the example given for us this day, that we indeed may be that kind of people. Lord, on this New Year's Eve, as we leave one year and now pivot to a new one, we take this opportunity as your people to reflect and acknowledge and give you thanks for all the great things you have done in our lives for this past year, the great things you have done for us as a church in this past year. We are humbled and honored that you have blessed us with such abundance and grace. And as we turn to the coming year, O Lord, we do not know uh, what the future holds, but we know that you hold the future. Indeed, as we look into the eye, into the, the face of 2024, we see all sorts of things, things in our nation, things in our world, things in our denomination that all give us pause and concern. And yet it is our prayer, O Lord, that you would guide us and that you would guard us and that you would hold us no matter what the future holds. It is our prayer, O Lord, that as we go into the coming year, that you would equip us to be people of faith, people of constancy, people of hope, people of grace, and people of love, who can be a living testimony to all that you are in these days, weeks, months to come. Lord, it is our prayer that you would not, not just bless us in the coming year, but even more that you would use us to be a blessing into the coming year, that we may be light of hope, that we may uh, offer your grace and your hope in each and every situation which we encounter. Lord, we pray for every need that is in the room today, every hope that is in the room today, every joy and concern that is here. And asking that your hand of grace would abide with each of us. That you would abide with our church, our community, and our world. Both today, as we leave this year behind, and in the coming year. For we offer you ourselves. We offer you our church, our community, and our world. In thanksgiving for a good year. And in hope and prayers for grace in the coming. Lord, we thank you and praise you in the name of Jesus Christ, our Lord. Amen. We invite you now, as we prepare to come to the Lord's table, you can turn to page 12 in your hymnals. Christ our Lord invites to his table all who love him and who earnestly repent of their sin and seek to live in peace with one another. Therefore, let us confess our sins before God and one another. Merciful God, we confess that we have not loved you with our whole heart. We have failed to be an obedient church. We have not done your will. We have broken your law. We have rebelled against your love. And we have not heard cry need. Forgive us, we pray. Free us for joyful obedience. Through Jesus Christ our Lord. Amen. Hear the good news. Christ died for us while we were yet sinners. And that proves God's love toward us. In the name of Jesus Christ, you are forgiven. In the name of Jesus Christ, you are forgiven. Glory to God. Amen. Amen. And let us continue with the great thanksgiving. The Lord be with you. And also with you. Lift up your hearts. We lift them up. Let us give thanks to the Lord our God. It is right and a good and joyful thing, always and everywhere, to give thanks to you, Father Almighty, creator of heaven and earth. And so with your people on earth and all the company of heaven, we praise your name and join their unending hymn. 
Holy are you, and blessed is your Son, Jesus Christ. By the baptism of his suffering, death, and resurrection, you gave birth to your church, delivered us from slavery to sin and death, and made with us a new covenant by water and the Spirit. On the night in which he gave himself up for us, he took bread, gave thanks to you, broke the bread, gave it to his disciples, and said, Take, eat, this is my body which is given for you. Do this in remembrance of me. And when the supper was over, he took the cup, gave thanks to you, gave it to his disciples, and said, Drink from this, all of you, for this is my blood of the new covenant, poured out for you and for many, for the forgiveness of sins. Do this as often as you drink it, in remembrance of me. And so, in remembrance of these, your mighty acts in Jesus Christ, we offer ourselves in praise and thanksgiving as a holy and living sacrifice in union with Christ's offering for us as we proclaim the mystery of the faith. Christ has died, Christ is risen, Christ will come again. Pour out your Holy Spirit on us gathered here and on these gifts of bread and wine. Make them be for us the body and the blood of Christ, that we may be for the world the body of Christ, redeemed by his blood. By your Spirit, make us one with Christ, one with each other, and one in ministry to all the world until Christ comes in final victory, and we feast at his heavenly banquet. Through your Son, Jesus Christ, with the Holy Spirit in your holy church, all honor and glory is yours, Almighty Father, now and forever. Now, with the confidence of the children of God, let us pray together the prayer our Lord taught us, saying, Our Father, who art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. Thy kingdom come, thy will be done, on earth as it is in heaven. Give us this day our daily bread, and give us our trespasses, as we forgive those who trespass against us. And lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from evil. For thine is the kingdom and the power and the glory forever. Amen. The body of our Lord Jesus Christ is broken for you and for me and for a broken world. Jesus was broken that we might be healed. And the blood of Christ is shed for you and for me and for this world that we might be redeemed, be forgiven, and set free by God's grace. Friends, we want you to know that as United Methodists, we practice an open table. That means that you are welcome to come and receive communion this day uh, if you are from a different denomination, if you are from a different place. All are welcome in this place today. We will receive by intinction. That means we'll break off a piece of bread and give it to you which you may then dip into the cup and receive both elements at the same time. In addition, we have packets which are gluten-free. Uh, they will be available. Just take one if you would be more comfortable with gluten-free elements or if you'd be more comfortable with a packet. Uh, in addition, uh, please recognize that today we're not having a, a special time of offering. Uh, we invite you to make your offering in the plates, which are on either side as you come forward uh, to receive communion today. Again, please know you are welcome here. Uh, We invite the servers to come forward, and we invite you to come when you are ready.
friends, please join me now in the prayer after the seat. Eternal God, we give you thanks for this holy mystery in which you have given yourself to us. Make us ever faithful to your high calling. Grant that we may go into the world in the strength of your spirit to give ourselves for others. In the name of Jesus Christ, our Lord, amen. And now, friends, please join us in our final hymn of the day and of the year. Hymn 251, Go and Tell It on the Mountain. hear these words of benediction. Go now with your acknowledged greatness, knowing that the Great One lives in each and every one of you. And now it is up to us to put it into action for the world. Happy New Year, everyone. Amen. <laughs>